When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hook him up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on. We are one hour into our five-hour Monday conversation, getting you through your President's Day. If you have the day off, enjoy that. And yes, lock it in with us here on the Horn app at hornfm.com or 1019 AM 1260. If you do have to get up and uh, head to work today, we'll get you there uh, with some conversation about the Longhorn weekend, also the uh, All-Star game in Indianapolis and all the events of this past weekend into a, uh, a new week and with a lot to do. We're talking football. I think uh, coming up in the rant, we're going to hear from Micah Parsons. Yeah, Michael Parsons sat down with Stephen A. Smith. That's some interesting conversation. He actually was asked about that Demarcus Lawrence clip you played, uh, when Demarcus Lawrence said they were they were a little tired as a team, and maybe that's what happened in the Packers game. He was asked about that too. We're gonna play that clip, uh, but also apparently he sat down with Jerry Jones and talked to Jerry Jones, the GM, about types of players he wanted to play with, and. Um, and the types of players that he wants to be around. And, you know, so we'll get into his vision for the defense, basically, uh-huh. putting on his GM hat. <laughs> and heck, he actually balled out in that celebrity all-star game he that they had out, uh, at the all-star game Friday night. Yeah, he did. Uh, he put up some numbers. It, Brock, Brock, who was producing our show this morning back at the Horn headquarters, Brock, you had his numbers, his line. How, how many points did Micah score on Friday night in the uh, the celebrity game? 37. Let me, let me double check. Yeah, I think it was like no, high it was 30s. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, he scored. Yeah, talk about this he scored 37 points he had 16 rebounds four steals and he was the celebrity mvp <laughs> but i believe cj stroud actually was was he at 32 points um like i think he had 32 points he didn't he didn't hit a three-pointer though it was he was over he was over here we go yeah line. he had 37 points 16 rebounds and four steals see there you go what do you go like like a can ball. Uh, yeah, both the uh, the young star in Dallas, the young star in Houston, balling out last uh, on Friday night uh, for sure as we get you rolling on this Monday. Uh, Brock in for Ty. Ty had to uh, take his, his brother to a doctor's appointment this morning, so he'll be back tomorrow with us. But we appreciate Brock jumping in and pinch hitting here on Hook'em Up. Rod will have his rant here coming up. We're talking all things Monday. Let's get to the uh, headlines, top stories as we roll it out. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top news of a Monday. Start over at the Dish, Dishfalk Field, UFCU. That's where the Texas baseball team opened their 2024 season with a series win over San Diego. They won yesterday's rubber game 9-4. Horns were uh, behind early, but rallied for three in the fifth. They played three more in the seventh on their way to securing the series. Productive weekend, as we said, for the top three in the Texas batting order. That trio of Jared Thomas at the top, Peyton Powell and Jalen Flores, 15 for 36 in the three games. They combined hit two home runs, two doubles, triple, seven walks, scored 11 runs. Four more home games on tap this week for Texas. That was Houston Christian tomorrow night, head of a three-game series with Cal Poly beginning on Friday. Also in college baseball, dominating opening weekend down in San Marcos where Texas State opened their season with three, a three-game sweep of Youngstown State. Bobcats outscored the Penguins 37-4. to 
in those three victories. And speaking of dominating, how about the uh, te- Texas softball team? They're now 7-0 and to start their season. Had another ranked win on Friday. Beat Tennessee in the Shriners Children's Clearwater Invitational there in Florida. They won that game 2-1. to Then they turned around and beat Stanford on Friday night, 9-2. to to improve to 7-0 and on the young season for Mike White. Their games Saturday and Sunday canceled because of that weather that's also plaguing the Daytona 500 uh, there in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, but dominating start for the Texas softball team. At Moody Center tonight, a quick turnaround for the Texas basketball team. They host Kansas State, one of three remaining regular season home games for the Longhorns. Uh, both teams, the Wildcats and the Longhorns, come in at 5-7 and seven in Big 12 play. They're both coming off losses on Saturday. That game tips at 8 o'clock tonight. Very important basketball game there. Fifth-ranked Texas women give you their strong play over the weekend. They rolled to their sixth straight win, beat Iowa State 81-60. They're 11-3 in the Big 12 NBA. League wrapped up its All-Star weekend in the Indianapolis with the All-Star game last night. It's become the norm. Defense definitely optional there. East dropped the West 211-186. to uh, after winning the three-point contest on Saturday, Bucks guard Damian Lillard dropped 39 points, had six assists to win the Kobe Bryant MVP award. Regular season games will resume on Thursday in golf. Incredible Sunday for Hideki Matsuyama. The former Masters champion caught fire on Sunday, fired a final round 62 to win the Genesis Invitational by three strokes. The Japanese stars for final round set a Riviera record for the lowest closing round by a winner. Yeah, the most compelling event, honestly, from the All-Star Weekend was probably Steph versus Sabrina, the uh, three-point competition they had between the all-time greatest WNBA three-point shooter and the greatest three-point shooter in the history of the NBA. It was pretty compelling, and she made it compelling because she's the one that stepped back and decided to shoot from the NBA three-point line, even though the rules had stated that she she was going to shoot from the WNBA three-point line. Ironically enough, that was one of the debates that we had on Friday with my man Ty. Was, Look, if a Ty, he was really passionate about it, actually. He was like, nope, she should have to shoot from the NBA line and use the NBA ball. Um, they should be using the same ball, and they should be shooting from the same distance. And that was one of the debates we had, and it was a Actually, a pretty compelling debate, turns out. She either knew about the debate or she herself was up to the challenge because she decided to step back, and she had 26 three-pointers. She was pretty damn good. Steph, and she Steph used, ended up winning. But. And she did use the, the, the WNBA ball. She does WNBA ball. She didn't yeah. use the NBA ball. She just shot from the same spot. It was still pretty compelling that she, she stepped back. I'll give her a lot of props. And like I said, that might have been the most compelling event. It was because the dunk contest, I, I'm, I'm assuming former Texas Tech Red Raider Mac McClung, who won this thing for a second straight year in yeah. the dunk contest, Rod, was invited back because he's the defending champ, but he's oh, not he's, even in the league. He said he's trying to get trying to get a three-peat. He's got, <laughs> no, he is. He said he's coming back. I mean, he's got to play, what, four total NBA games? Yeah. Four total NBA games, and he's got two slam dunk titles. Yeah. That's how for, little the, the players, the, the A-listers really care about it. They just don't get Currently it. playing for the Osceola Magic of the G League. How long has he? How long, how long has he been in the G League? Previous to that, he was with the Delaware Blue Coats. Okay, of the G League. I, like I said, I, that, <laughs> but you know what? If you dunk over Shaq O'Neal's head, you're that's you're you're up. No, he's great. He really is. Like he actually is fun. But like I said, it it it, it doesn't matter as much because you can't get any of your stars. And the NBA, the NBA is a celebrity driven league. It literally is. That's the whole point of it. It's the name on the back matters more than the name of friends. It's a celebrity-driven league. It's athletes first. Got a TMZ culture to it. Salacious gossip, all that kind of stuff. Um, and one of your biggest events, you can't get any of your celebrities in it. So actually, the dunk contest itself, 
I think there are other reasons that it's not as compelling. The truth is, I don't know if there are a lot of new dunks that you can come up with. I think creatively, most of the dunks that the human body is capable of, we've seen in some form or fashion. And if you even go online and you just go where the young people live today, which is on YouTube, they just watch dunks all day from all around the world. People just freaky, crazy, freaky athletes doing crazy dunks. So it's not as compelling as it used to be because it used to have this, you know, this, it's kind of it's freakish quality to it. And I don't know if it has the freakish quality to it. And you don't have the A-listers. And it's just, uh, yeah, the dunk culture in the NBA for the dunk contest is just not good. It's not, it's not interesting. Yeah. Well, and it does feel like the NBA's – all-star weekend has kind of jumped a shark here there's kind of a it's more about branding and see and be seen than an actual competition yeah uh, outside yeah. of the steph ionescu thing it was kind of like well, what do you really I mean the skills competition is kind of cool i guess but um and then the game itself which used to be the highlight i mean as a kid growing up and the all-star game was must see i couldn't wait for the all-star game because mm-hmm. i you know it was just because i was a big rockets fan at the time anytime akeem would be in it or one of the one of the rockets you want to see them excel against the the best players in the world and uh it was a really competitive game as i mentioned there were you go back to 1993 you know 30 years ago 25 million people watch the NBA All-Star game. Yeah. 25 million, that's a big number. That's a huge number. And obviously there were fewer channels now, fewer options. I get it. But yeah. there'll probably be about three and a half, four million watching this NBA All-Star game, this thing. I mean, it, the numbers will come. They've in, diminished yeah. a lot. Like yeah. No, it's just because you don't have the great storylines that you used to. Well, and the game itself isn't competitive. I mean, it's, they're not even trying to win the game, it doesn't feel like. Bet the over. <laughs> Bet the over. 13-3 since uh, 2009. They go, it's going over. That's because they don't play a lot of defense. So just bet the over. You'll be, then you'll watch it and you'll be happy. On, that you get not. a hand in the face at some See, point. No, you'll be happy about none, no defense being played. Just Houston Cougars were, with Kelvin Sampson were watching that game thinking, come on, man. Come on. Play some D. Man, the last time they had – yeah, I would say Jalen Brown was in the dunk contest, and right? He's a, he was an all-star. Yeah. So, but, but prior to that, they didn't have an all-star in 23, 22, 21, 20. 2009, then you got to go to Victor Oladipo, who was an all-star in the dunk contest in 2018. They just can't get the players to care about it. And as you put, you just so eloquently put it, the players don't care. Why the hell should the fans care? Yeah. And that's all. That's the all-star weekend in a nutshell. Players don't care. Why the hell should I care? But that's why – They're the, there to have fun and catch up with their buddies. Yeah, and, that's why the Steph-Sabrina thing mattered because it was a real competitive element to it. You had to battle the sexes. It mattered. You it could tell it, it mattered to her. And then Steph was like, well, hell, hey, you ain't about to be me. So then it ended up marrying the Steph. It was it, – that's what, that's what you want to try to replicate, and they really can't replicate it. Because that was – they need to take that example. That was a really – that was a fun event to watch. And I don't think they expected it to be, but it had a lot of different storylines that made it compelling. But competition was at the heart of it. So, And I think that also is a part of the culture, too, in the NBA that I heard Gary Payton talking about this, too, this weekend. He was doing an interview about his son, and he was talking about how his, you know, he had to take the bus you know, and it, to, to go all the way across town, two hours, and, you know, he was just kind of a hardened, he's more of a hardened player, and his dad used to tell him, like, oh, man, your 30 points wasn't good enough. Like, it was just, he was raised in a in a tougher fashion, and he said his son didn't have to worry about any of that, and he was sort of getting into how these days uh, a lot of the players in the NBA, they come from a kind of an AAU culture, so they get, 
they, they if they're really good, he said they get a lot of praise. He said and they get a lot of resources early on in their life. He said, and all these guys know each other. He said, so they they're not as competitive with each other in the league as one. He said they were. He said because these guys actually hang out, they go on vacations together. They he said they actually go out together after the games and before the games. He said they didn't do that back when he played. It was more of an uber competitive environment where the guys actually were in opposition and not in a collaborative relationship with the rest of the players in the league. He said, yes, in All-Star Weekend, we would try to collaborate. He said, but even then, we didn't really get along. He said, and that wasn't the culture. It wasn't a culture about sportsmanship, and they didn't have those widespread friendships across the league. He said, now, they, he said, his son is friends with all the guys around the league. Every guy who plays on every other team, they're all friends. They vacation together. They hang out together. And I think that bleeds into the all-star game culture. And the all-star game culture is one where the guys are just having fun. Yep. They don't want to necessarily compete against each other. But yeah. I, I will say this for the NBA players. At, at some point, they have to realize it's a bad look for the brand. Like, I understand they just want to go and have a good time. Yeah. But the regular season apathy a lot of times, you know, these things. These, this was a chance for your league to put on a show and to really attract audience. Um, you know, we talk about the diminishing TV ratings. You have to understand that. I mean, that's what pays the bills, y'all, big picture. I mean, the, t- the TV show that it is, uh, whether the regular season games, uh, the all-star game with the NFL being gone, uh, you had a chance to put on a show. And I don't know that the players get that, that this is, this is an opportunity to shine. And instead it was kind of, eh. Yeah, but they got they got big guaranteed contracts. Oh, I get it. So even Gary Perry said, oh, we were trying to win because we got a bonus. Yeah. Oh, we actually need the bonus. We weren't getting I know. big, big money like these guys are now. I don't know how you fix now. it. I'm not sitting here so, Adam Silver. I don't yeah, know how you make the players care, but at the same time, they should because uh, the fans, it, it, it kind of disrespects the game at some level. That Come on, y'all. Well, let's play the game here. Uh, put, your, put your brand on showcase here because, again, this is a captive audience that's got no NFL to watch. It's looking for something. I, I just think they, they should be more aware of that no, uh, as, as a league and as players. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I, it's not what it used to be when I uh, was younger, and I used to love watching the NBA yeah. All-Star game. I'd have rather watched a pickup game at the Rucker League. Like I said, that's the, a lot more competitive. <laughs> like I said, the Sabrina versus Steph thing yeah. ended up being pretty cool. It's like, hey man, that's really competitive, and it came down to the wire. They got to start manufacturing more stuff like like that yeah. between the guys, even if it's not necessarily the the traditional competition of the dunk contest and the three and the three point shoot uh, contest is actually okay. Yeah, because they still well, get they get they get stars in it, and in three point contest is still competitive. Well, I so. guess that's where the players. I'm putting it on the players because I mean Adam Silver's trying. Like he's putting in rules where you can't you know take nights off. You got to put you. You got to play. I mean, if, if you, you want to be up for uh, the major awards, yeah. in the league, you have to play a certain percentage. Yeah, you can't be games. doing time management and yeah. load management, all this stuff. And that's for the players. After okay, yeah, you have guaranteed contract. You're getting your bank. You're making your money, but you still have to be a good TV show. You still, or else those things go away over time. Yeah, uh, it, the NFL's figured that out. Yes. The NFL's figured out now. Though, man, the TV show matters. The drama. Oh, we need it all. Yeah, yeah. All right, going. let's uh, get Rod's first rant of this uh, early early Monday. I'm as mad as hell. Hey, Brock, I'm can not you pull up the... Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's oh, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's no. rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Okay, so Stephen A. Smith actually sat down with Michael Parsons. You, and you reported, and I, I don't know if they had an update on this or not. Remember on Friday you reported that he, he hurt his ankles? 
trying to guard Michael Parsons in some, I don't the know, pra- if some promotional. No, no, it was a practice for the All-Star Celebrity Game. They were practicing. Did Stephen A. Smith play the game? He was a coach. Oh, uh, he was coaching one of the teams, and I think they were they were on the court practicing on Thursday oh, night man. ahead of the game. He was trying to defend Micah. Yeah, and he got crossed over and broke waiting. his ankle. Yeah, Micah's man, Micah's agile out there. Yeah, he is. He really looked really good out there in a couple of moves. Anyway, they so they sat down obviously and had an interview, and there was a lot of compelling audio from it. You played a clip of Demarcus Lawrence at the Super Bowl talking about the Dallas Cowboys, which ended up going viral. Um, and it was basically a clip of Demarcus Lawrence saying that the Cowboys, one of the reasons that the Cowboys were blown out by the Green Bay Packers in the first round of the playoffs and upset was because they were they had tired legs, like they were as a team, as a, they were you know worn out essentially um, because of the long season. I know we talked about how bad of a look that was. The optics of it um, probably should have found a the, the different choice of words. It was such a viral um, a clip that Michael Parsons was asked. He was asked about it by Stephen A. Smith, and here is first of all what Michael Parsons had to say about Demarcus Lawrence's comments. They were tired, and that was the reason that they lost to the Packers. Demarcus Lawrence came off first take Super Bowl week. They're showing ESPN every week. They wanted today in the twelve. He comes on the show, and he said, "Guys might have been a little tired." He said, because so much is expected of us, every game is like somebody's Super Bowl. So we go through stuff that most teams don't go through, and I think that guys were a little bit fatigued. When you heard he said that, what were your thoughts? Don't get me wrong. Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you say that to someone else... You know what I'm saying? One on one, you know what I'm saying? Cameras off. Sure, be my guest. But what I feel like, once that regular season ends and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, it, it, it should never, you should never go into a game like I'm tired, like I'm ready, like I'm ready to go home. Because that's exactly going to happen, and it did happen. I'm coming to the game every week like, man, I got four more weeks left. I don't know what y'all got, but I got four more weeks left. Like, that's part of the culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, that, I would like, that's just something like I don't agree with at all. Like, regular season, all right, yeah, I'm tired. Like, I'm wore out. But as soon as playoffs hit, the, knowing uh, how limited and how days. hard it is to win in playoff game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would never say I'm tired or I, I feel fatigued because that's my job to not feel that way. All right, there you go. Um, so at least he disagrees with Demarcus Lawrence's choice of words that they retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, you can tell he even said, "Hey, privately, you can say that among us. You can't say that publicly. Like, as a leader, you can't you can't say that. That means you know it doesn't matter enough to you to to throw out there. You should have more pride than that. I'm glad that Micah addressed it. Okay, so this is the cut though. That's probably more the one that probably has made the rounds. It's a lot more interesting. It's a longer clip, but it's Stephen A. Smith asking DeMarcus Lawrence about his time that he spent with Jerry Jones. Apparently they hung out at the Super Bowl, and then they talked about the future of the Dallas Cowboys. I thought it was pretty compelling. So here's Michael Parsons and Stephen A. Smith. You brought up how you want to be a part of the culture in terms of picking the kind of players that y'all need. Is that something – that you mentioned to Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, like 
yo, let me, let me see, let me play a role in who, who are we bringing on this squad mentally. Do you do you approach them about stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I like about Jay. Um, and which I was dope. I think Jay's one of the best uh, GM like owners that I've been around, and not even just I've been around because I only been on one team, but from what I've heard from other uh, NBA and NFL players. And, and, and it's just like this, the Super Bowl, Jerry sees me walking out the win. Jerry was at the win. He says, hey, you going to the Super Bowl? I said, yeah, um, I'm going. He said, come come see us. And I was like, hey, you got any extra tickets? You know, I got some homeboys that want to come. Jerry sends me four extra tickets to the Super Bowl suite. Um, and we just sit and talk from before the game until the whole half about players I want to bring in, players I want to be around, who do I need, who do I want to be with, future of our team. Um, and that's just dope to have that type of feedback with an owner that, you know, loves to hear your ideas and what you think and where the team can be. And, you know, Jerry's been, you know, pretty amazing about that with my family and stuff like that. So I've had had them conversations with him that we spoke for two, three hours just since we were alone. When you told him what you thought the team needed, what did you say? I'm not asking for names. I'm talking about what you alluded to when it comes to culture, personality, et cetera. What specifically were your words to Jerry about what the Dallas Cowboys are missing and what they need? So I told Jerry, I said, look at every team that kind of um, was in that Final Four. Who did they have? San Francisco, Detroit. Okay. 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 Who did Baltimore have? A great linebacker core, right? Uh, who did San Fran have? Great linebacker core. KC, Bolton and... Uh, uh, and all of them. Yeah. they came along. I said, we need to get us another, we need to get another bigger linebacker who's going to come down. In. And I said, we need to get an, a super 330 nasty interior. Look what, how Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave caused wreck havoc in, you know, um, the last two games. Okay. Uh, look at, you know, how um, Ali McNeil, Detroit, and they front with Hutchinson and all them. Um, you know, it's just certain things where I was like, I was pinpointing we can build in this because we're slim. Like, we have guys, and I think Osa's been great for us, and, uh, you know, but we just need a big old 330, can't move. Because I saw the way Chris Jones affected that Super Bowl, and I was like, my God. Like, you need a big boy. Get yeah. fast and clogging up the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Happen, right? and, and not even just Chris Jones, Mike Pennell. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I think we got a lot of rushers. I think Osa, he could play inside, outside, one of the most versatile uh, DTs. Or, um, you know, when we lost Hank, he's a he's a big dude. Um, but we need to get one of them big old, nasty, pass rushing, get going. Okay. I wonder if he's talking about Devondre Sweat. Because <laughs> only in the second round, it sounds like what he's talking about, even though I've seen some mocks with the Cowboys taking Devondre Sweat in the second round. Strangely enough, that's what Mozzie Smith was supposed to be. That's the weird thing. They drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round as supposed to be a nasty nose tackle, and they, they made him lose weight because I think they were trying to move him to the three technique in that system, so they wanted him to be a guy that can play multiple shades instead of just being that nasty nose that he just described. Um, and he's also talking about Leighton Vanderish. He's kind of a thumping linebacker. So I wonder if that means that they're going to prioritize bringing Leighton Vanderish back because I think – Dan Quinn may want to bring Leighton Vanderish with him um, because he likes at least Leighton Vanderish is really good in his system. It's crazy the things that he's describing. It feels like the Cowboys 
were thinking along the same lines and they wanted to bring in that nasty nose tackle and that D tackle, but it just Demazi Smith didn't or hasn't worked out just yet. I'll say that. And part of this is I think Micah's a little I, I, what's the right word here? I think Micah's looking out for Micah because yes. Micah doesn't want to be a run stopper. So he's like, no, bring in the linebacker so this linebacker can be a run stuffer and give me a nasty nose tackle that will keep these linemen off of me at the second level and I don't have to necessarily be a run stopper. Then I can play the pass uh, on my way. I can stop the run on my way to playing the pass or rushing the quarterback. I'll stop, my run, I'll stop the run on the way to the quarterback. He has that mentality instead of committing himself to being a really good run defender, which we know he can be. Well, I mean, it, there's a lot in there. I want to take your thoughts at four four seven three seven seven six. But uh, I think he's talking too much, first and foremost, because when you're talking about how great the guys on the other teams are, it, it denigrates your own guys. Because you do have Mozzie Smith. You have guys on your team. Uh, they did. I mean, Mozzie's you know six three three thirty. I mean, that's that's exactly that's what the guy. That's you, the you guy. Just <laughs> that's I was crazy. Like, well, that's the guy. Like, you just drafted one in the yeah, first round. Yeah. Uh, support him. I mean, yeah. Van Der Esch, We know Overshone got hurt. I get it. And then those yeah. are all factually true. But but saying because because uh, the first cut, he said, you know, it's okay for Demarcus to think that, but he shouldn't say it out loud. Well, then he goes on to say things out loud <laughs> that he probably shouldn't say. Like, come on, man. Uh, keep that to yourself. Yeah. If you tell Jerry Jones that, I mean, because at the end of the day, the guys he talked about that balled out in these playoff games. Micah, yourself, you had no impact on the playoff game. Yeah, you had, had one pressure. One, you had one pressure in the playoff one game. Pressure. You're the guy that's supposed to have impact. But Chris Jones has impact plays because he's an impact player. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we talk, he talked about the linebackers, Nick Bolton. He talked uh, about the linebackers. Chanel with his name, yeah. He, he talked about the linebackers for San Francisco. Well, they balled out. I mean, go ball out. And then if you ball out and no one else does, then all of a sudden you, you can maybe say some things like that. But you didn't play well either. No, he didn't. You had no impact on that game. Well, because they ran the ball. Yeah. And he's not a run stopper. Yeah. He has to commit himself to well, being then, a force Well, then when Stephen A. Smith asked you, say, well, what did you tell Jerry? I said, I got to get better at run stopping. I got to be better at run I got to be better at run defending yeah. the run. That's why teams want to run at the Cowboys. It's like, <laughs> yes. no, because you turn their best player into a liability. Don't say we need better players at these positions because your, your own teammates are going to hear that and be like, come on, man. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's not good for your locker room. Yeah. No, that's a, I agree with you on that. I, I agree. He probably should have been a little bit more discreet <laughs> about revealing that information. But it's weird that that's what he thinks they need. And I don't disagree they, with him, too. I, mean, I, I, I think, guess it's that's what, And they, that they have that. And the DeMarvin Overshown draft pick was interesting because he is not a run stuffer. So I think that it, like I said, there's a lot to unpack there. But he is trying to tell you exactly what the Cowboys are missing from a defensive perspective. But I think, like you said, when you're pointing the finger – at somebody, they're four-pointing back at you or three-pointing back at you, whatever yeah. it is. And I think that he needs to understand, like, no, man, you need to be, become a better run defender. If you do, it's going to make it really tough on offenses to try to attack the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. Because you are, they're trying to turn your skill set against you because you're just a great pass rusher. Well, if, I don't have, if I'm not dropping back the pass, I don't have to worry about their best player. I turn him into, like I said, a, a weakness. And I think that's what that's what's exactly what the Green Bay Packers did. Yep. Um, you know, and, and again, your impact players have to play with impact in big games. I mean, it's just the way that has to be. And the Cowboys did not. Uh, and none of them did in the biggest yeah. of games. And um, that's the culture factor. But you know, talking to Stephen A. Smith about it openly does not help the culture, in my opinion. It does not. It does it not, not help hey, your status but, as the leader of the team. That is the culture of the Cowboys. Yes, that's right. That is the culture of Jerry Jones. That's the culture of the Cowboys. Jerry Jones don't mind him being out there like that. Jerry Jones is like, no, no, no. 
Go keep go sell the Cowboys. We need you to sell it. Go sell it. And that's why the Cowboys are the number one TV star on the number one TV show I in America. It. Yeah. It don't win championships, but it makes money. It does. All right, good stuff in Rod's first rant of a Monday. We'll have another one coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up, we've got uh, uh, more of this conversation. Your thoughts on the Cowboys and where they're going. Also, there are reports that uh, contract conversations are picking up between Dak Prescott and the team. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, why tomorrow is an important day in the National Football League, or at least a date to keep in mind. Uh, we'll also get some bullish or BS for the end of the hour. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Down to Captain Tony to get out of the heat. And I heard a voice call out to me, Son, come have a seat. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Hey, Brock, is that a favorite song of yours? What are we listening to here? I'm a parrot head. this old Jimmy Buffett. I thought so. Okay. All right. The late, great Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. The, uh, how did a young young fellow like you become a parrot head? Is that due to your parents or what? Oh, yeah. My dad is the biggest parrot head <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, he would awesome. take me to, like, Jimmy Buffett concerts, and I'd see guys walking around wearing, like, coconut bikini bras. And... <laughs> So I'm like there 10 years old, man. That's a weird, uh, that's like a cult. Jimmy Buffett fans are like a cult. Big time, big time. Uh, yeah. That's crazy. Hey, I man. didn't know that was a thing. I did, yeah, well, a lot of things. Yeah. I didn't know until last hour you told me that Amber Rose is a thing. I don't even know what Amber, what's uh, an Amber Rose? Yeah, she's, yeah. <laughs> I, she's I, hanging I, out with my guy C.J. Stroud. She's hanging out with C.J. Stroud, <laughs> and that ain't good. That ain't good. She that, shot down the rumor, by the way. She said that we were not dating. He just gave me a ride to my hotel because I missed the shuttle. They were playing in the... Uh, what was the name of this thing? This was the uh, the Cactus tra- Jack charity game at Houston's Minute Maid Park. Okay, on, yeah. It was run by Travis Scott's nonprofit. She showed up to play in it, and um, she missed the little shuttle back to the hotel. So she, T.J. Strauss said, I'm heading that direction. I'll drop you off. Yeah. All right. I'm glad she shot down the rumors. There you go, C.J. Good job. She said, job, we literally don't Stay know focused. each other. Stay focused, brother. We literally don't know each other and only met yesterday at a softball game. Hey. The sprinter van left me, and he was nice enough to give me a ride to my hotel. There you go. That's what I want to hear. Just being a gentleman. Chivalry's not dead. I love that. Just don't, please, don't let it go any further. She's uh, She's got a reputation. Reputation. She's been around. She, yes, she has. She, what's that line in the song? She had a reputation. Uh, a girl who gets around. Yeah, I know. And nothing wrong with this. She's great. I'm, I'm just saying, for, for C.J. Stroud. It goes on forever. He needs to stay focused. He's got, he's got a shot here. He's got a window here. He's a people consider him a top ten quarterback, a prodigy, a little window. He can focus on that later on because I don't know if he's got a you know a serious girlfriend. And I don't know if he doesn't appear he does. Doesn't appear he does. because so. then he showed up the next day at the uh, Houston Texas game down at uh, T- uh, Fertitta, the Fertitta Center with his buddy Tank Dell. He's a man about town, sitting courtside with I Kim mean, Olajuwon. He's a. I mean, is there? I mean, is there a big star in Houston right now? I mean, yeah. I know you got. I mean, you got the the baseball guys, Jose Altuve. He's a big sure. star. But yeah, Astros. It's an Astros town right now, but uh, it'll quickly flip with CJ and the Texans continue exactly. on a ten win trajectory you know from a year ago. Yeah, it oh, don't yeah. take long. Don't take long. It don't not in H town. Stay in Texas. Exactly. It don't take long. Football obsessed. So yeah, he'll be the, he'll be he'll he'll have the key to the city pretty. If you have another season just like he had last season, he'll get the key to the city. He'll be the big star. Yeah, and we'll, then 
So you can build on it for sure. Yeah. There's everyone now uh, chasing Patrick Mahomes. I mentioned tomorrow's an important day in the, in the NFL, or at least start marking the calendar days. Oh, it's a franchise tag. Yeah, it's a franchise tag day. Oh, it's yeah. where you can start putting franchise tags on players, or you start to talk about, you know, you're, you're, who who are going to be? Mm. Can you get a deal done and avoid yeah. using franchise tag? As you know, Rod, you were a player. Players hate, hate players it. hate the franchise they tag. They hate the franchise. So tag. starting tomorrow, teams can designate franchise or transition players, but you have until March fifth. So between now and that window uh, is when you would try to get a deal done. So Josh Allen, the pass rusher in Jacksonville, Saquon Barkley with the New York Giants, uh, Brian wow. Burns, uh, T Higgins in Cincinnati. Uh, all these conversations will be had, and all the you know, if those guys don't get tagged, they'll end up on the open market. Josh Jacobs, the running back in in Vegas, is a guy to watch for. Baker uh, J- Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker Mayfield right about that. with Tampa. Uh, Justin Matabike, the defensive tackle in Baltimore. He's a former Texas A&M star. I mean, these guys. So we'll see. I mean, it, it, you know, how fertile is the free agent market will be determined by franchise tags and oh, once man. you tag them. I mean, they can even Chris Jones. They could try to tag him, but it'd be like a thirty-two million dollar tag. So they won't. They go. They got to get a deal done. But yeah, I mean, those tasks can get out of control depending on the position that you're tagging. Because it's all about the top ten average salary at that position, or they, I think they go 125, like uh, percent increase over your other salary. It's it gets it gets crazy. And players can make a lot of money. Ask Kirk Cousins. You get you can you can play that franchise. Well, you, you, play, tags. You, you make the average of the of the top, top five players yeah. at your position uh, for one year, right? It's a one year yeah. guaranteed contract. But or you, it's like an increase of like one hundred twenty five percent or something like that. It's a crazy increase over what it's an either or. Right. Which one is higher? But obviously the players see it as a as an engagement ring, not a wedding, right? They want they want the the full package. I mean, they want a they want the long term commitment that comes with that big signing bonus and the guaranteed money. But because uh, sometimes a lot of times if you put a franchise tag on a on a great player. You know, it kind of alienates you with the, with the front office and those kind of things. They uh, players aren't fans of. Well, so we'll see. We'll see where this goes over the next week or so, uh, up to March fifth, uh, when this gets going. Uh, but that's the big NFL conversation. And the Cowboys, according to reports, um, you know, the the conversations with Dak Prescott, ready to start contract talks, according to uh, this report. Um, that you know. The, the, the Cowboys are about to – They have, this is the same thing for them. They've got to get into the conversation of what are we doing about this $59.5 million cap hit for Dak Prescott this year. Uh, he's entering the final year of his four-year $160 million deal. Currently has a, a $59.4 million cap hit. While the Cowboys could leave that, doing so would obviously hinder their ability to spend elsewhere. Uh, but Dak would be free to leave after 2024. That's why I've said if, if, if you're not sold on this quarterback who's had eight years to take you on a long playoff run and he hasn't done it, is this the year that you swallow that $59 million and say, you know what, we're, we're going to try out Trey Lance. We're going a different direction. I don't think that's going to happen because that's Jerry Jones says no it's not his way. way. That's going to happen. But, um, that's no way that's happening. But either way, then they got to finalize a deal here in the next uh, couple of weeks. They'll get it done. I mean, he's a second-team All-Pro. So he'll, I don't know if he'll be the highest-paid quarterback in the league. He'll certainly end up being top five once he negotiates a new deal. That's just the reality of the quarterback position. And he's playing well. He's playing really well, actually. Yeah. So. Well, the, la- sorry, the last big contract they got sorry, signed was uh, was Joe Burrow. Yeah. Joe Burrow, fifty-five million annual per year. Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert got fifty-two annually per year. Sorry, Dak Hader, just happening. He's gonna get that. That's enough. He's gonna be in that arena. Dak Prescott. I, I know y'all don't like it, but he's gonna be around there. I, I think he, uh, he'll be top five. I don't think he'll be number number one. I don't think they'll 
do that. Well, he may be trying to get that. Player. Then you're right. I mean, is his? I mean, fans and we can sit here and say, look, he can't perform in January, which he doesn't. Uh, he he shrinks to the moment come January, but at the same time. He performed during the regular season. He was second-team All-Pro. He was up for the MVP award. I mean, you know, his agent has a lot of ammo here uh, to say, look, man, pay my guy. And You don't have a plan B. You don't have a contingency plan. Correct. Dak is your franchise quarterback. You got to pay him. And and the the, the thing, because it's not my money. I don't care how much money he makes. But I do know if you do this, when you do this, it's going to lock you into him for the next four or five years. And so, you know, what are you signing up for? The Five more years of bad Januaries, uh, regular seasons, bad Januaries. It would, it would appear to me that would be your your choice. Yeah, I mean, and right now Mike McCarthy has kind of tied himself to Dak because Dak had his best season in the year that Mike McCarthy decided he was going to be the play caller and also the head coach and coordinator. So that's now I they're kind of tied together. Um, at least well, for the time being. Well, and that would be the argument for eating the $60 million cap hit and saying, you know what, you guys are tied together. This is uh, Mike McCarthy's last year, your last year. Uh, we got one more one more run at this. But obviously that's not going to happen. Yeah, That's well, not going to it, happen. Because Mike McCarthy didn't get a new deal. He's on a lame duck deal. I know, but if you get rid of Mike McCarthy, what are you going to do about Dak? Because that brought out the best in Dak. You got your big Dak energy. Yeah. When Mike McCarthy started calling the plays in the Texas Coast offense, he's a second-team All-Pro, best regular season he's had. If you get rid of Mike McCarthy, your biggest investment, which you're about to make in Dak Prescott, could potentially be derailed, and then he could be underachieving, and then you're not getting a return on that investment. That's not wise. Yeah, You want to make sure that he's playing his best football because that's your biggest investment and your most valuable and most important position. If Mike McCarthy brings out the best in Dak, you got to keep Mike McCarthy around. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. If you're, if you're, if you're going to extend Dak, why aren't you extending McCarthy? At the same time. Uh, well, yeah, because that makes sense. I didn't, but that ain't the Cowboys. The Cowboys operate in a different realm. Yes. They don't necessarily change. They don't respect chain of command like that. And uh, I don't know if they're looking at law at the long term solutions for their current circumstance. All right, that's where that's where we stand in the NFL. It's kind of a slow week. The uh, everything will pick back up coming up next week into the combine week with eleven Longhorns headed to Indianapolis, right where they had the All Star game over the weekend in the NBA, uh, and are going through their paces there. So we'll talk uh, certainly plenty of NFL. Well, you have also talked about Steve Sarkeesian's new contract, which was agreed to back in January, but the details uh, emerged over the weekend, and uh, it's a mega deal. It's a mega deal for Steve Sarkeesian, uh, over ten million dollars annually with um, annual increases of a hundred thousand dollars plus. The use of the private jet rod, the yep. country club membership, a couple of cars. Uh, Well-deserved. And it is, he's got this program heading in a really good direction. And I know it, it, the numbers are eye-popping, but, you know, he's, you could argue at least this year he's underpaid for what he was making and how, how, how uh, well he coached the football team. But, again, in the end, um, you know, this was – because when, when it first was being discussed, what's he going to make? Uh, we were talking about eight, nine million bucks, and that probably would have been the number on an annual basis. And then Nick Saban retired. Yeah. And when Nick Saban retired, because uh, I'm assuming Jimmy Sexton, his agent, was having talks with Chris Del Conte, and Chris Del Conte confirmed at the Sugar Bowl that so we're talking 17. to Sark about a, yeah. a long-term deal. And I think that's where the ballpark numbers were for him. And then Nick Saban retired, and uh, Jimmy Sexton said, hey, you know, they want your guy. They want your guy. You better, better up that number. It was a domino effect. And, uh, you know, if, if Sark had wanted to take the Alabama job, he could have asked for $10 million a year, and they would have given it to him. So that's the leverage Sarkat. Kevin DeBoer probably be making something close to that too. I think he is. I think yeah. he is uh, at Alabama. So it's just the nature of the position. nature of the position. Yeah, and that's Sark the value of a position of a place like that. And Nick Saban is the one that turned it into that kind of you know valuable coaching position. 
So I, I think for Texas, it's once again, I think Texas also kind of showcasing that when they do have their head coach, when they believe they have their head coach, this is Texas' way of showing the rest of the college football world what their head coach is valued at at the University of Texas. So they'll always be able to attract the, the you know the best head coaches even in the future because that position will stay at a certain value and it'll continue to attract the best, whether it be from the NFL level you can go get it or you can get it from the college level. So I think it's all about what he's done, but also what's the value of being now the head executive, CEO, and head coach of Texas football. And he calls his own plays. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't play a coordinator. You don't pay a play caller. He is your play caller too. Yeah. So he just he's got, he has a lot of value right now because he's basically – you know, hiring GMs now with the way that college football now is being set up because of the free market now being a big part of it. You know, he has he has almost you know head coach GM duties and a lot a lot of a lot of other duties that other coaches in the last five years didn't have prior to the new changing landscape. Right, and the argument when he came over as a coordinator, right, when they hired him, it was, we believe in you, now show us, and he showed him. He showed him. Uh, with recruiting classes, talent acquisition, on-field performance, and as we talked about when I was at, uh, in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, the, uh, the, the, the gathering of Longhorn fans from all over the world, the, uh, what do we call it? it was the like, revival. It was revival, like a revival baby. of yeah. Longhorn fandom who have been dormant for the last decade plus. Uh, he's, he's, you know, helped revitalize that and bring back the revival of Texas football. And uh, now that has to continue, right? It's got to continue on an upward trajectory. But, you know, they're, they're raking in dollars. I don't think there's any doubt about that. They're as wealthy yeah. as any program in the country. And when it gets rolling, the, uh, the golden spigots of money turn on. And uh, Hey, Rand McComb said they got more money than anybody except the Catholic Church in I believe it. I believe that. Yeah. Hey, we'll come back. We'll play some bullish or BS, including why it is President's Day today. If you're not uh, having to go to work on this Monday morning, we'll also talk some Texas baseball. Successful first weekend over there at the Dish. How about that Texas softball team? Huge game tonight for Texas basketball, which we'll talk about as well. It's a busy Monday. I'll hook them up with Ian Rodby. Rod Payton, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Hook him up with Ian Rod B. Rolls on on this President's Day Monday. Time for bullish or BS. And I think you're going to be pretty bullish on the weather today. If you do have the day off, it's going to be uh, almost 70 degrees and bright sunny shine, sunshine this week. This week looks good too, Rod, by the way. We'll be in the 80s by oh, Thursday. Oh, it's going to be nice. 83 by Thursday. It's some beautiful weather. In Austin. On this 19th of, uh, of February, which is President's Day. If you're uh, you know, unaware, the President's Day, of course, this is uh, uh, honoring presidents, but most specifically George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, two of the founders of the country, Rod. They both had uh, February birthdays. Uh, February 22nd for George Washington, our first president, and then February 12th for Abraham Lincoln. Nice. So they made this Classy. a federal holiday back in 1879. I like that. Yeah, holiday edition. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. 1879. It's been uh, how long we've had a President's Day, third third Monday of February. And as we talked about, we're both bullish on the idea of eventually this becoming the day after the Super Bowl, potentially, because the NFL adds an extra week, go 18 games, two bye weeks, and all of a sudden the Super Bowl is this past weekend, and right into President's Day where most people have the day off the They're next definitely day. going to get that 18th game. It's going to happen in the future. Well, then the calendar is going to fall yeah. right into President's Day. Oh, yeah. Sorry, NBA. Sorry, NBA. You missed your chance. Yeah, because that's the case. On Monday, all we'll be talking about will be 
the Super Bowl and not the NBA All Star. They'll probably just move the All Star Weekend if that's the case. Of course. Yeah, they they'll have to. I mean, the NBA, the NFL treats the sports calendar like a monopoly board. They just keep buying up property. Uh, all right, bullish or BS? Two four seven sports claims that Shadir Sanders is projected to have the highest QB rating on the new NCAA college football game. Um, he's going to have a 95 overall. That's what they claim. That he's going to be the highest of all players? Uh, of the, the He's projected to have the highest QB rating, 95 overall. Okay. Bullish or BS on that, that Shadir Sanders will have the highest QB rating of any of the quarterbacks in the new college football game. Because uh, yeah. Quinn, Quinn should be in the conversation, and so should Carson Beck, actually. Yeah, he I think be those three. Uh, look, I'm not surprising. I'm with my bullish on it. You know, he, he struggled at times last year, but he didn't have any offensive line, no run game. Uh, I think he's a very talented player, So, and he's the son of Dion, so I think there's going to be some, some gravity to that. There you go. Um, so, yeah, and I think a lot of people thought he'd head to the NFL and be in the NFL draft, but uh, he's coming back. Uh, there'll be more weapons around him. I think the offensive line will be better there. So uh, I'm, I'm bullish on it. I think he and Quinn, along with George's quarterback, are the three best returning quarterbacks in college football. Yeah, I think um, – but out of all those, I think Quinn has the best weapons. I do like, too. Around them when I'm looking at it. But, I mean, there will be some other really good players. Those, I want to see what those two Ohio State running backs are going to be. They might have two 90-something <laughs> rated running backs in the backfield because that could be that could be kind of freaky too. But if you're a 90, uh, 95, I mean, that's he's got to be one of the highest-rated players in the game, if that is indeed true. That's from 247 Sports. Hey, real quick, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm just curious. Who do y'all think should be on the cover of the NCAA game? Uh, we talked about that Friday. We we kind of agreed Nick Saban probably honor the great. Okay. Nick Saban would be would have the least conflict. Yeah, uh, so. you put Dion on there, people will lose their damn mind if Dion's on the cover. Um, trying to think of who else you could put on there without the. That's honestly that's I'm, about I'm, it. Really, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of who's like who, who's that worthy of it in college football right now. Yeah, I mean, you could put Jaden Daniels and and restart the the could go. trend yeah. of just putting the Heisman winner on there. But, it's kind of yeah. lame, but you're right. You could do that. That's or, not controversial. Or every Heisman honors. winner since they stopped making it all on the cover. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that that's would be good. fun. Yeah, it's not bad. I like that. But, yeah, look, Nick, Nick Saban's the GOAT, right? And he's uh, probably a, a good honor for him uh, to be the, the Madden cover, which is going to be such a popular video game. Uh, so, you know. NCAA. NCAA. Or, sorry, uh, video game. <laughs> uh, I get them confused, right? Oh, I get trust them me. confused. Oh, I know. I'm an old, I'm an old guy, too. All right, Rod. Bullish or BS? A fellow named John Cheeks. John Cheeks in uh, Washington, D.C. Cheeks. He bought himself a Powerball lottery ticket. Sounds like okay. an adult entertainer. Uh, John yeah, John Cheeks. John Cheeks. January of last year, this fellow John bought a lottery ticket, Powerball. He then checked the winning numbers online a day after the drawing, and they matched his numbers. But jackpot was 340 mil. Ooh. Yeah. He did all the things you're supposed to. Took a photo of the ticket. Only told one other person about it. Okay. Went to cash it in and found out that he hadn't actually won because DC's official lottery site had posted the wrong numbers online. Oh, come on, man. That ain't my fault. That's y'all's fault. That's a you problem. So instead of matching all five in the Powerball, he'd match none of them. Oh, come on. But because of how excited he got and how oh, fired up he was. That's not cool. He now says he's suing the Powerball. Honestly, man. Does he have a case? Yes, he does. He has a case. They need to settle with him, just give him a little bit of change for, you know, the stress. Because think about it. Man, in that time span, he could have done so much damage 
to his financial situation, right? You think quit you want, his job? You think you want exactly? Think about the the bridges you might have burned. You might start calling people up. Hey, you know what? Start just dog cussing and cussing people out because you, that you don't <laughs> like. Co-workers. Let people know how you really feel, and then it turns out you didn't win. That you just the same broke dude you always been. No. They need to pay that man for the stress of dealing with that because he probably burned some bridges in that little – how long did he think he was a multimillionaire? How long? That's uh, a lot of damage da, you can da, do. Da, da, da. His, we probably told his wife how he really feels. Oh, no, <laughs> man. You could have got all kind of trouble you could have gotten in. Yeah, oh, nope. Mm-mm. They got to pay him. He's hey, got a case. I think you're right. I think you just, you just make him go away. Yeah. Uh, because just drop it's your change. mistake. You know, yeah. he did have – because if the ticket does show the, the false numbers you put up, then that, hey, that's on a, you. But they admitted that they put up the false numbers. It, the, they, it was oh, a glitch. Oh, yeah, man. Online glitch. You got to pay that man. You got to pay that man. Well, like said, what's he, the number? He did some major, uh, you know, not you know, a lot, like 50 Gs. 50 Gs? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just a little 50 Gs. He'll feel good about it. be like, all right, tell me about 50 Gs. You know what I mean? But, he's not through it suing for the $340 million. He's, No, he's not going to get that. I think you got to – what do they call that, pain and suffering? Yep. There There's some go. pain and suffering there because, A, yeah. the damage you could have done in, oh. in the interim, but also Ooh. just the disappointment. Oh, oh. the heartbreak. <laughs> when you thought you were a multimillionaire for that time. Easy and Street then you is you here, weren't. brother. Oh, you thought, I feel like the death of someone to you. You're like, oh, no. I was, a, I was a multimillionaire for like – I don't know how long this went on to because think about the damage you could do if you thought you were $340 million richer. And what would you do? You can go buy something stupid and mess up your financial situation. You can go tell people how you really feel in your life. <laughs> Quit your job. All the time. Tell your wife how you feel. You know what? Divorce you. You're like, I'm leaving you. I've been unhappy for a while. I'm done. You know what I mean? Like, think about all this a lot stuff. Of, a lot of bells you can't unring. Oh, my goodness. The damage you could have done. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, that, that hurts my heart thinking about that, what that man probably did in that, that, I don't know, that one day or whatever, the few hours where he thought, I'm a I'm a multimillionaire. F the, I got yeah. I got F you money. So you know what? F you, man. <laughs> F all of you. Oh my goodness. Get divorced immediately yes. lose half your winnings. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, he probably thought of it. He's like, no, nah, I'm getting divorced. I don't care. Oh man. <laughs> it's brutal. It's brutal. It is very brutal. Uh but yeah, so he deserves something. I would agree with that. I don't know pay what the man. number is, but uh pay that man his money. And yeah. I'm not a writer, but this sounds like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Can you imagine Larry David oh, in the same would. circumstance? Oh, <laughs> All yeah. the bridges he would burn? Yeah. But he's Larry's kind of got a few money in the show. That's, uh, kind of, that's what kind of makes it funny. He doesn't use it, but he's, he's still the creative Seinfeld in the show. So he's got major money in the show. He's got big money. He's a multimillionaire. That's yeah. part of what makes it funny. I watched it last night. It's still pretty damn good. It is pretty damn good. It is pretty good, man. As I mentioned, to fill my football void, I watched uh, Oppenheimer yesterday, or last night, yesterday evening. So uh, it was a good show. Good show. I'm bullish on it. Bullish I on it. the end of True Detective. Is it over? Yeah. It's over. Thumbs down? Uh, it's just underwhelming. Anticlimactic. Yeah, it really never got me this year. Yeah. I got through three and a half episodes. Like, yeah, I'm out. Couldn't even keep your attention, huh? Nah. Yeah, see, it wasn't great. Oppenheimer, though, great. Great I, film. Killian Murphy's a tremendous actor. I'm going to rewatch it probably this week. That's a whole cast, man. They killed it. Yep. Um, great movie, Christopher Nolan. That'll win Best Picture, without no a doubt. No doubt. It's not even close. One of the better think. films I've seen in a while. Yep. All right, uh, we will come back. We roll on into the uh, third hour of our five-hour Monday conversation on yes, this sir. President's Day. Uh, Rod will have uh, us behind the burnt orange curtain. We'll be at the turn. We'll talk about the golf from the weekend. What the heck happened with Jordan Spieth? Did he have the bubble guts and it led to an air scoring error? We got the details coming. Hook him up with Ian Rodby.